Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. I saw all the oh, I don't care crap. A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Fairmount Plus. You are a slut pig! Uh. Hey y'all, I'm Christian Gray Snow, and this is the Slut Pig Podcast, a podcast from The Dip. And today, y'all, we have a lot to get into. We're talking about the cringeworthy behavior displayed on this week's Real Housewives of New York. We're saying goodbye to the Real Housewives of Dallas with former Real Housewives of Dallas star, Leanne Locken. And one of the funniest people on Instagram, Hater slash Garrett's girlfriend, is here to break down this week's Real Housewives of Beverly Hills with me. Small talk is like small dicks, and we ain't got no time for small dick today, so let's get started. All right, everybody, I'm joined today by Hayden Cohen, or as you all know him, Garrett's girlfriend, aka haters from Instagram, the only influencer to be following if you have taste, as far as I'm concerned. So, everybody, please welcome Hayden. Hi, Hayden. Oh I am honored. What an introduction. Truly. Yay. I can't wait for Garrett to pop in and say hey later. I know. He's watching the he's watching the kids in the other room. <laughs> Oh my God, that's so funny. So obviously this week's Beverly Hills was, it's had everyone talking. I would say it's probably the best episode of the season. Oh my God, um, I completely agree. This, this episode so was a wild one. It was. So, but before we get started, we're already 13 weeks into the season. So we're pretty far in and you and I haven't got to talk about this yet. So I just wanted to like quickly before we start, like what are your takeaways so far? Like what's the peak of the season for you? What's the pit of the season for you so far? I honestly think the peak of the season is just the friendship between Sutton and Garcelle. Like they do no wrong in my eyes. I love them together. I think they're such a dynamic duo. As annoying as it is, the pit of my season so far is just that it's the Erica Jane show. I kind of wish that there were some other storylines, some other dynamics that were played up. Um, And I think we're getting to that point with like the preview for next week with like Garcelle and Dorit and everybody else. Yes. Um, I loved the Crystal and Sutton fight. I thought it was a very dynamic fight as well, but I'm really interested to see what comes in the rest of the season outside of Erica's storyline and the whole shit show that that is. Yeah, it's very true. Like, I mean, you know, I love the women, but there has been a lot of fun stuff going on. But without the current, you know, underlying theme of Erica's life falling to shambles, I really don't know what the season would have been, you know. Um, All right. So we open back up this week. The ladies are at Dorit's house. Um, You know, Sutton called a meeting. She didn't want Erica to be there. And she's basically saying, you know, I'm worried about my reputation. I am not sure how much I want to be around my friend during this time. And I'm not being a fair weather friend. I'm protecting myself. I don't want my name in an article that's associated with this. And Sutton brought fucking notes, honey. I love her. She was was ready. Yes. And, you know, I was like, she was more prepared for that meeting than Phaedra was when she went to court with Sheree and Bob. Like, and Bob won representing himself. Oh my God, yes. Never forget. Never forget. Never forget, you know, and Sutton says like, you know, it's not that I don't believe Erica, but she's like, I don't think she's being totally honest. 
Um, and you know, and she says, "I'm worried about what we're getting into. I'm worried about what all of us was are saying was into, so. You know? it, it's like what anybody should say. Like I would have said the same thing if I was in her situation, and everybody else was like, Dariba agreed with her, and everybody was like, kind of like, yeah, I don't really know what you're saying. Lisa Reno was is on my shit list after this week's episode too. Really? See, yeah. I'm kind of both ways. Like I just feel like Rena would get on a shit list regardless of what she does. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if Rena, if Rena was grilling. Erica, the way that the other women are, they would be like, that's how she does her friends. Look at her. And then now that she just tries to ride it out as long as she can, they're like, you're a fucking fool. So I feel like she can't win either way. She really can't. But the, the her whole line when she said Sutton was being a princess while everybody else was queens, like she really thought she did something there. And I was like, wah, wah, that fell flat. I was not here. <laughs> um, but like, look, I want to believe Erica, of course, but like, you know, Sutton does obviously bring up good points, but I will say I am confused because she's like, I'm worried about my reputation. Da, 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 da. It's like, well, y'all are all in a show together. So like y'all are all getting drug into it regardless. So I don't really know. I don't know. I know. I was just kind of like, I don't know what you're getting at here. Like you're, you're drug into it regardless, boo. Like you're already associated with it, you know? Yeah. There's no avoiding it. There's, and there's always going to be like a stigma about the show, but I think her whole thing was probably just like, she's like rich, rich. Like she's not like Dorit rich. She's not Erica rich. Like she is like rich, rich. And I think she's probably like, okay, like these philanthropies that I'm involved with, like all this stuff, they, I can't be associated with any type of tomfoolery. Yeah. And I guess she's like, and even if I am associated with it, I have to do what I can and use this platform to at least try to publicly disassociate myself. Like at least yeah. be like, look, I'm here, but I ain't here. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Exactly. <laughs> so Dorit, you know, she also says like, I want to support Erica. I, you know, but I don't want, you know, the support of my friend to be interpreted as, you know, not caring about Tom's victims, which is, I think was a great way to put it. She's like, look, I want to support my friend, but at the same time, like her husband is an asshole, you know? Yeah. Um, and she says, Erica's going to have to answer the hard questions. Kyle agrees. And they mentioned that at the next event, which is Kyle's holiday party, they're all going to confront Erica about what's really going on. So, you know, we see Kyle say too, you know, I want to support Erica, but I want to make sure that I'm doing so in a clear conscience. However, I'm like, we're going to need somebody to help Kyle get that clear conscience because she didn't want to read the LA times article. So it's like, maybe <laughs> how can we get a clear conscience when you don't want to take in all the facts? <laughs> yeah, no facts. She had no facts. She didn't know anything. She, I think it was at the at her Christmas dinner. She was like, "Yeah, I had Faye Fresnick's husband like tell me the the, <laughs> of the article." I'm like, "So you honestly, in the article, Kyle? You I, I love that she didn't even go to her attorney that she would have to pay. She was like, honestly, Faye, your husband ain't got nothing to do. Can he just break this yeah. shit down for me?" <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, hey, I know your nosy ass is over here at home keeping up with all this. So go ahead and tell me your husband's takeaway. I love it. Um, and then so then we get to this holiday dinner. And I just want to say, so Garcelle's the first to arrive. And I have to say that houndstooth number that she had on with like the puffy shoulders and the top knot. Yeah, honestly, might be one of my favorite housewives looks like ever, like for like a group scene. Everybody that showed up last night, like, turned out. Like, all of their outfits were amazing. Like, I loved every single one of them. They Nobody really was- did. They all looked fucking... Kyle looked fucking bomb. Garcelle looked bomb. So before we cut to a break, you know, Kyle and Garcelle are having a quick chat. Uh, Kyle says, you know, Erica's Erica's coming. Like, she didn't back out. Erica is coming. And basically, you know, like, it's going to be hard because they care about her. But at the end of the day, we got to ask her the hard shit. So... I was going to ask you, how do you handle a situation like this? Obviously, I don't think your friends, or I hope your friends aren't dealing with, you know, stealing money from plane crash victims. 
But if they were, are you doing this in like a one-on-one setting? Are you doing this with your friends? How are you handling this? I think there's safety in numbers, especially with someone like Erica who freaks the fuck out. Like very quickly, she goes from zero to a hundred. Like you saw a couple seasons ago with Teddy and you saw with Eileen, how she just goes falls to the wall like that. So for me, there's safety in numbers. I'm getting my pack together and I'm like, all right, what's our plan of action? I would have done exactly what Sutton did. I would have made sure that I had a couple of allies and just so that I'm not the one that's like getting the brunt of the attack, even though Sutton was, I am definitely getting my friends all together to make sure we're all aligned. I feel like we're like, this is like Big Brother meets Housewives right now. It's right? like, okay, what is our strategy? You know? <laughs> um, also, I got chills when Kyle said, she was like, Breed can bring out the worst in people too. That's the other thing. I want to believe her, but but greed also makes people do crazy fucking mm-hmm. things. And like, yep. she kind of whisked, I have chills now saying it again. I think she kind of whispered it, like not thinking it would be like a huge, mm-hmm. you know, and then they threw that in there anyway. And I was like, Oh, and like, I love Kyle. Like she's definitely, I think Kyle's probably handling this situation the best of anyone. Like she's trying to ride with Erica, but she is being realistic at the same time. Yeah. Like she, she has, she's skeptical a little bit as everybody should be. I think that Lisa is a little bit too like blindly trusting her. And that's what I think people are, why there's blowback against Rinna is because she didn't blindly trust Denise, who she'd been friends with for 20 years, but she's blindly going to trust Erica because they're all of a sudden like the best of friends. Like, no, come on. You should be a little skeptical. You're supposed to be the bone carrier for freaking Beverly Hills. Like, I want, I want you to like take this. Come on. Like, show us what you got. The charade of Beverly Hills. I love it. Well, we also get to see a uh, blast from the past. We got a little, a few moments with Teddy. How's it going? Teddy's here. I know. I'm so excited. Oh, you look pretty. And I've said it before. I'll say it again. I said it whenever we had Crystal here on the show. I never had a problem with Teddy. I do not understand why people hated her so much. Um, Like, sure. Is she the most exciting, dynamic housewife ever? God, no. But like... She's far from the worst, in my opinion. Like, I at least think she tried to do her job, which is a lot more than we can say about some of these people. So I was actually pleased to see her make an appearance. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it kind of hurt my feelings when Garcelle called her a gnat. So I <laughs> loved it. I loved it. It was shady as shit, but I was like, oh, she didn't do anything. Like, poor Teddy's like, I'll roll up to one event and then gets called a gnat. You know? <laughs> oh, she tried to get her quick like five minutes on camera where she's like defending Erica at the dinner and I'm like Teddy just yeah. play your spot you're not a housewife anymore you can just sit back and eat your food and like drink your drink you don't need you to just sat there and ate your dinner <laughs> exactly you're not getting paid anymore to do this so just sit back and, and chill <laughs> um, what are your thoughts on Teddy like were, were you a Teddy hater or were you just um, indifferent I've never been like a hardcore Teddy hater but on the same same vein i've never been a hardcore teddy stan um she kind of just like was a floater for me like never was like on my shit list but never loved her um i think it wasn't really necessary for her to be there last night i think kyle was probably just like throwing her a bone maybe she has like an all-in retreat launching tomorrow and she needs to <laughs> her instagram page um, so i think kyle was kind of just helping out her friend but uh i don't think she really needed to be there to be honest I do feel like Teddy could have been a good friend. Just we don't have to have the at home stuff. She pops in for group trips, dinners, you know, and I think she would be a good sounding board for a lot of people. Like, you know, she does go back and forth. So 
I think a good a friend that I don't I really don't think they needed any extra people this season. I think they yeah. really, really fucking hit the nail on the head. And I think they should keep it the same at least for next year. I wouldn't change a thing. But I do think that Teddy would be I think people would value her more in a friend role. That's just my opinion. Yeah. I agree. Um, also, I thought it was fucking funny that um Dorit was trying to get into the house and she couldn't, you know, and like oh God, I was dying <laughs> Does this work? I'm really glad I got them because yeah. they were kind of pricey, but then they were half off. What's the buckle? It's um, Versace. Oh my God. Can someone open the door? She's been like MIA this season. Like, where is Dorit? She should be on the side of a milk carton because she hasn't been in the season. And then I when haven't she- seen one fucking wedding dress. When she's the what is it like the nectaria like like yeah. I want to see the details of this collab. Like, are we, is she just gonna talk about it on the finale? Is she just gonna wear the dress out? Like I don't like at the, at, what is it? We haven't heard about it at all. And like every time she's shown up, like and especially in the past couple of episodes, it hasn't been showing her in a very good light. I like, know. Her, I know. Last, episode, last week's episode, she was saying that stuff about like the people that worked in her house, and I was everybody was like. Cringing at the table, and then and her mom's best friend, and all that's in it. Yeah, like it's just like, what is going on, Jerry? Yeah. Come on. Whew. Well, so we're gonna get to the dinner. Uh, the women sit down, and Sutton don't even give these bitches a chance to like let their food cool down. Like she just jumps right into the mess, or as Vicky used to say, the minutia. This is minutia. <laughs> And she was like, look, Erica, is there a way you can get like a heads up on these articles and these things that are coming out? Because you know, you did leave, and then right after you left, La Quinta is when that LA Times article came out. So, like, obviously, you got a heads up. Erica's like, no, I had no idea. Sutton, yeah. um, and then so Sutton's like, okay, well, the timeline of everything is confusing to me. So, do you think Erica knew the article was coming out? A hundred percent. There's no doubt in my mind. I think that she's been in the game long enough to know, like, her PR people know when something's coming out or when something's about to be released. Like, it's definitely, they tipped her off. Well, you can't tell me that her legal team and them probably weren't reached out to for comments. Therefore, they knew that something was coming probably just off of that. Exactly. And then they funnel it back to her. I bet it happened like literally right before the whole Garcelle thing happened last week with the, you know, talking about like, don't, that was a private moment. You're betraying my trust. Like, you have a mic pack on. Like, what are you talking about? You have a literal mic on your back. Like, just yeah. no one's. I think, unfortunately for Erica, that moment with Garcelle and then the timing of the LA Times article, it was like really like wrong place, wrong time. Like your life just aligned, like wrong place, wrong time. Because it just, up until that point, I think she kind of had people on her side. And then like that one story, I think, you know, like her flipping out on Garcelle, I think people could have gotten over that. But I think the LA Times article hitting the women right after that happened is what, you know, it was the combo of both that caused the red flags to start flying, you know? So then Crystal kind of pops in, you know, she finishes this layup that Sutton started her and she's like, listen, the only thing that's confusing to me is that, you know, you mentioned, you know, you think Tom has like dementia, Alzheimer's and that you noticed the mental decline starting about three years ago. But clearly this LA Times article is saying that he's been doing things much longer. So like you're attributing his messiness and his, you know, legal malpractice to him not being cognitively sound. But obviously this was happening before the mental decline started, you know? And then all Erica responds is, I don't know. Like, okay, like, what do you know, Erica? Like, do you know anything? Like, what are you talking uh, about? Yeah, so I just want to say, what are your thoughts on that? And what are your thoughts on Crystal? 
I really like Crystal. I think she's a great addition. I think she doesn't hold back. She's definitely like into fight. Like she's ready to go. I thought that Erica's answer was kind of just like a slap in her face. Like, I don't know. She answers everything that like Sutton says with like such attitude. And she goes back at Dorit. I guess it's because they have like longer friendships than her and Crystal do, I, I guess. But it was kind of just like, I don't know. I don't care about what you say. I'm going to move on to the next person. Like, and Crystal's just sitting there like, okay, well, fuck me. Crystal was like, well, fuck my concerns, I guess. Yeah. She said, I'm just going to go back to my Thanksgiving dinner and fuck y'all, honestly. Exactly. She said, me and my Lion King director husband are going to have a good night. Fuck y'all. Exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's honestly, the, that's why I love Crystal. She gives me that old Housewives vibe as far as just like so established and like, as far as like Beverly Hills, like it has that entertainment like underlying factor. So it's like her husband's the fucking director of Lion King. Like that is- I know, you can't forget that. You can that never- That is and insane. There's not a single person on this earth that does not know what the Lion King is. Like, not, you know- It's like Britney Spears. Everyone knows the Lion King. Yes. Yep. Um. Okay, so- um, there's something I wanted to point out. So a lot of people, you know, whenever Garcelle looked at Dorit and she's like, that's not what you were saying the other night. People like were like, yes, yes, yes. And like, while I love the messiness of it, I do love the messiness of it. I felt like Dorit had barely even gotten started on her point. And Garcelle's like, that's not what you said the other night. She and did, I was like, off a little bit. I was she like, did. I think that, you know, her, and I understand like maybe it wasn't as quickly and direct as forceful as Sutton, but like, that's just not Dorit and like Dorit and Erica are friends. So she does have the right to kind of ease into it, you know? So I don't know. I just wish that, you know, to me, like Sutton, yeah, was asking the questions, but Sutton appeared much softer to Erica than she did in that meeting with the women. I wish that when Garcelle had told, said that to Dorit, that Dorit would have said, Erica, here's what I said. The other night, you know, this is like what, what my sentiments were. These were what my feelings were. Yeah. And she didn't. She kind of deflected. And then I feel like Dorit was throwing everybody else under the bus to like. Because she got caught off guard. Yes. Exactly. To save yes. her own ass. And I was like, Dorit, like own your words. Like own it, as Lisa Reno would say. What and I would have said. Yes. I would have been like, yeah, Um. unfortunately, the other night I did say some things because when y'all called a meeting and didn't invite my friend, y'all got me thinking up and twisted and y'all got me fucked up. So no. So if you're going to call me out, call your friend out across the table that called the meeting. How about that? <laughs> and a lot of Twitter was saying, and Sutton also said, you know, she said that those girls, they got me good. They set me up. Do you think that they had a conversation after the meeting where like, let Sutton do the dirty work? Yeah, I definitely think that they did. I think that um, between like Kyle, Dorit, and Rena, they were like, all right, like, let's let Sutton kind of lead the conversation and then let her fall on the sword and we'll kind of just be there to help Erica. I don't think any, I think most of those girls don't want the backlash from Erica because they know how severe it can get. And I honestly think that housewives are way more strategic than we give them credit for. They're oh, yeah. always thinking about next season and the dynamics and everything. And Erica has secrets about all of them. They all have secrets about each other. So they have to be careful that Erica doesn't like flip flop on them if they kind of cross her this season. So I think that it's, they're playing the long game and Sutton is kind of somebody that's just being like the scapegoat right now. Yeah. Oh, very good point. Very good point. One thing that Garcelle said, you know, about Erica and I really is that she wishes that Erica would show some sort of like anger towards Tom. And it's like, I agree. And like, now is your time. It's okay to be mad at him. Fuck him. Stop protecting him. Even in her interviews, it's like 
she has the same like monotone calmness and it's like throw a curse word in there be like i'm fucking pissed like do something like show us some type of you know energy or anger or any type of emotion where besides the one single tear streaming down your face like we need a little bit more because you just got you've been royally fucked like Come on. Like, I want her to be like, he's lucky that he's knocking on death's door at 90 or else I'd be knocking on death's door for him. Like, that's yeah, the shit that's I would be out there saying. Fuck him. Like, fuck him. And I mean, I will say, I love that we got some sort of recognition, you know, about, you know, the victims mm-hmm. from Erica, which Garcelle initiated. And I'm not sure that it means a lot, you know, to most people. And also, I don't under- I don't know what kind of language she was told to not use by attorneys and stuff like that. Like, because... I feel like even saying the word victim is like acknowledging, you know, what he did. And like, obviously she knows what he did, but there's certain, you know, I guess things that she can't say. And while I wish she would show more emotion and like actually make us feel like she's sad about the victims, it was nice to hear her say like, you know, I am last in all this. I was like, okay, well, that was good. You know, that was, that was good. Thank you for that. You know, yeah. And I think <laughs> when Garcelle brought it up, cause she brought it up in relation to her sister having been, scammed by a lawyer with a botched kidney transplant. I think that people weren't as receptive to Garcelle until that moment. They were kind of like thinking she was just being combative. But when Garcelle brought that up and was kind of like emotional about the whole situation, I think people were like, okay, like this actually kind of hit close to home for her. And I think that's why Erica didn't fire back at Garcelle because she knows that Garcelle wouldn't be how Sutton is. Garcelle would, you saw the preview for next week when Dorit calls her a bully. She'd be like, fuck you. Like, what are you talking about? Like, it's not going to be the same walking over Sutton that you're going to get with Garcelle. So I thought that that was interesting, too. Oh, my God. I cannot wait for next week. It's going to be so fucking good. Well, the conversation wraps up with some great legal advice from our girl, Kathy Hilton. She's like, you know what? I feel bad that there was, like, questions and stuff, you know, but it's good practice. (laughs) (laughs) One way of looking at it. And then, I don't know if you know this, I didn't catch this until the rewatch when I was watching it a second time, but one thing before the episode ends that I thought was cute was despite all the shit, you know, that Sutton was was confronting Erica about, she gave her a Christmas gift at the end. Did you catch yeah. that? Mm-hmm. And she said... It's just a little Christmas present. Thank you very much. I um, One Georgia girl to another. Look, I know that semi-sweet moment probably lasts about two seconds only, but I thought it was cute, right? Yeah, I, thought it was cute. I mean, Sutton is such a classy lady. She does have a reputation to uphold, and that reputation of She said, of she said I'm going to hand you flowers while I pull that knife out of your back. Here you go, honey. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right, so overall, Hayden, what would you rate this episode out of 10 diamonds? How many diamonds would you give it? I mean, I don't want to give it 10 diamonds because next week looked good, and I think that might be our 10 diamond episode, but I'd give it a nine and a half. Like, it's, Girl, it's like- I was like, we're easily an eight and a half nine maybe nine and a half range for sure it's a heavy ring it's a heavy carrot ring like it was a good yes i love it all right well before we go we're gonna do our favorite game it's our rapid fire housewives question game so we're gonna put 60 seconds on the clock and we're going to get through as many of these somewhat fun but mostly shady questions as we can okay Um, are you ready i think so all right three two First housewife that comes to mind when I say the word iconic. Go. Sonia. Ah, favorite housewife of all time. Sonia. Really? <laughs> First house husband that comes to mind when I say orgasm. Go. Mauricio. Yes. Least favorite housewife ever. Ooh, Peggy from OC. Ooh, that's a good one. If you could fire any current housewife, who would it be? Oh my God. Candace. 
Oh, oh, oh. Who will spend more time in jail, Jen Shaw or Erica Jane? Jen Shaw. <laughs> if you could only have sex with Andy or Mauricio and you could only pick one, who would it be? Oh my God, Mauricio. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> That is the hardest question. That last one was the hardest. That was the hard, no pun intended, right? Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, before we go, in honor of the namesake of my podcast, please give me your best rendition of Kim Richards' iconic line to Brandy Glanville. You are a slut pig. Oh, my God. I need to do, like, the finger. You are <laughs> I can't even do it with a straight face. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't even do it. And nothing will ever do it justice. Like, I don't even want to it. Truly, it's the most iconic line in, one of, in history, in my opinion, which is why I'm so happy that you named your podcast. Oh, I, thank you. I agree. Like, for me, people are like, why Slut Pig? I'm like, because it's the funniest shit I've ever seen. Are you serious? That, that episode is a 10 diamond one. That is a 10 diamond one. I love it. All right, doll. Well, before you go, tell everybody where, where they can find you. You guys can follow me on Instagram at haters, H-A-Y-D-E-R-Z. And in Boston, if you're a man and single, hit me up. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right, honey. Well, thank you so much for coming. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Thank you. Anytime. All right, everybody. I did manage to catch Real Housewives of New York City this week, even though I had just gotten back from Seattle like a few hours before and was exhausted. And to be honest, I probably should have just skipped it. But here we are. So you guys know I love my OGs. Anybody who knows me knows that I love my OGs and I'll ride or die for them as long as I possibly can. But Jesus fucking Christ, Ramona Singer, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like I said, I've been watching Roni here and there throughout the season. A lot of times I've found that as I'm watching, I get distracted, like making memes or you know, making dinner or something like that. And this was the first time in a while that I remember watching a show that literally I felt like I was watching a horror movie because I had my eyes covered. Like I literally covered my eyes. But it was just so uncomfortable. I felt so bad for all the people at the table with Ramona. Um, and I'm, I did have to laugh at Ramona complaining. She's like, Sonia has diarrhea of the mouth. She just says whatever she wants. Money for real causes that a lot of people don't care about. Sonia, a lot of times, just one drink too many. She gets diarrhea of the mouth. She's like a broken record. And she doesn't let anybody else have a chance to talk. Ramona, look in the reflection of the windows lining the walls of your Upper East Side apartment, baby. It's you. You got diarrhea of the mouth. You have got actual deathly amounts of poop coming out of your mouth. Like dehydration. We need an IV. You have, you've gotten it all out. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, and then Ramona comments about Sonia being too much. You know, she's drinking too much. She's got her all worked up. Sonia has a fucking meltdown. <sighs> and then the hardest part of the episode for me was when the woman at the table named Lenara began telling her story about giving childbirth a year prior. And she was saying that she gave birth at 29 weeks. Last year at this time, I gave birth to a 29-weeker. Which is obviously like incredibly, you know, incredibly early. I think most pregnancies, you're supposed to go 40 weeks. So, and just as she's starting to, you know, like detail her experience, here comes fucking Ramona and jumps in and interrupts her again. And I was in the NICU for Wait, 50. excuse me, time out. Mm-hmm. You gave birth early? Because normal is what, 40 weeks? It's 40 right? weeks. Mm-hmm. 
And so me and my son almost died. <gasps> you, oh my God, are you serious? I had some. And they're like, literally like, shh, Ramona, like shut the fuck, just listen, just fucking listen. And Lenar goes on to say, you know, that she received poor medical treatment due to being a black woman. And when asked if she was certain that her being a woman of color is why she received poor health care, she said, I'm absolutely certain. And there is a study that just came out last week that a white woman, you would have gotten the pain medicine during the time frame in which you needed to in order to manage it and get ahead of it right. so that that would have never happened. And her story was heartbreaking all because she explained that, you know, she had fibroids. And so whenever she went to the hospital in pain in her pregnancy, she was telling them how much pain she was in and the nurses and doctors didn't believe her. And they believed and said that she was addicted to drugs. So even though, you know, they believe that she was a mom, our future mom trying to hurt herself, when in fact, you know, she was just a mom to be in pain, but more importantly, a mom to be in time of need. And these fucking medical professionals who took, you know, a creed to treat all patients to the best of their ability, mind you, they turned their back on her. And it's, it's fucking sick and heartbreaking to hear about. And what's even just as heartbreaking and sick to hear about is her trying to tell her story and Ramona fucking interrupting her the entire time. Well, let me tell you something. I gave birth to my daughter and I was major pain and I had a nurse and she was black. And I said, I am having so much pain and she wouldn't believe me. She goes, you're not having pain. I was screaming. I'm like, And Ramona, here she comes again, chiming in. Well, I gave birth and I had lots of pain and da 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 And I had a black nurse who didn't believe me. And Ramona is like, shut Oh my God. I'm looking into the air right now at waiting for God to come down and give me the words to say, and I'm getting nothing. You know, I'm getting nothing. I don't know. You know, I mean, we know Ramona goes through life thinking only about herself, Avery, and Coco. We've been knew that. But somehow it is still astonishing to watch her go to the levels that she does sometimes, you know, to a level that I can't even think straight. So I don't know. I don't know. And before the episode ends, Ebony said something that cracked me up. She said, I believe in Ramona Singer. God help me, I believe in Ramona Singer. And I really want Ramona to understand that what she's saying is not becoming, and I don't even think it's really her on a visceral level. But I'm really about to run out of patience with Ramona Vass. I'm hanging on, Ramona, but my hands are getting tired, okay? They're getting tired. My two major highlights of Roni this week were, number one, Lou Ann wearing a Selena shirt. People said that, you know, Lou probably can't even name one Selena song. And guess what? I'm going to get over that. I'm going to, I'm going to, that's okay with me. Not okay, but I can deal with it. Because you know what? Y'all know Selena's like my life. I was just in Texas, you know, for my birthday to go to all the Selena sites. And I think, I think this might be the first time I've ever seen like some sort of Selena, you know, representation on Housewives, like seeing that crossover. So I love it. I love it. Thank you, Lou Ann. And then for me, the best part was Ebony finding out that her dad, you know, is alive. And this scene was so emotional for me. She hosted, you know, the woman who's been helping her locate any living family members. And she said, I have it narrowed down to three men who are brothers. And I believe one of them is your father. Um, And then I watched Bravo's chat room after the episode because Ebony was co-hosting along with Portia and Lizelle. And she said, you know, it's confirmed that one of the men that was talked about in the scene is my father. And they have been in communication. They haven't met yet because of COVID, which is understandable. But um, they've been in communication. And she seemed very happy and, you know, hopeful about the situation. And I just think that's beautiful. And she also, she has siblings. She has sisters. Like, I just think 
to go your whole life and like she's had this super small like tight-knit family and like i mean look she had to say goodbye to her grandma who was like her everything and then literally she's gaining a whole new family after losing her grandma like that's a beautiful thing so i'm very very happy for ebony and i hope that we get to get an update number one on you know her family at the reunion and i hope we get to see some of them next season so that's all for Roni this week, and like Tom Girardi breaking all of his bones while he rolled down the hill after his car wreck, we're also going to take a quick break right now. Has this ever happened to you? You need to see a doctor, you search, you find one that looks good, you wait on hold to book an appointment, of course you rearrange your schedule, and then you finally go in and find out the doctor doesn't even take your insurance. Ugh. But there's a solution, y'all. Just download the free ZocDoc app. It's the easiest way to find a great doctor and instantly book an appointment. With ZocDoc, you can search for local doctors who take your insurance. You can read patient reviews and book an appointment in person or through a video chat. You never have to wait on hold with a receptionist ever again. Whether you need a primary care physician, a dentist, dermatologist, psychiatrist, eye doctor, or any other specialist, ZocDoc has you covered. ZocDoc is here to make healthcare easy for you. And now is the time to prioritize your health. All you got to do is go to ZocDoc.com slash SlutPig and download the ZocDoc app to sign up for free and book a top-rated doctor now. And did you know many are available as soon as today? That's ZocDoc.com slash SlutPig. Go to ZocDoc.com and download the free app now. Bravo fans around the world found out on August 17th that The Real Housewives of Dallas would not be returning to Bravo TV in 2022. While the ratings for Dallas have struggled over the years, it did come as a bit of a surprise to some because it was confirmed that test shooting had already begun with remaining cast members Tiffany Moon, DeAndre Simmons, and Cameron Westcott, plus some newbies. But it seems that something didn't turn out as planned because the network has pulled back from production. So I wanted to talk to someone who had an impact on the short-lived Dallas Housewives franchise to get her opinion on the show's departure from the network and look back on some of her favorite moments. So everyone, to the woman who put dick sucking at the roundup on the map, please welcome to the Slut Pig Podcast, Lee Ann fucking Lockin. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> shit happens. Shit happens. How are you? I'm awesome. I really am. I can't tell you. I'm, I'm loving life. You know, um... I think you you become a part of the housewives and you get so like ingrained in your daily, daily, daily. You get so sucked into it and it's just so much of your life. And then when you get away from it, it's you take a little bit of time to like deprogram. And then all of a sudden you just start loving life again. It's just amazing. Well, good. I'm happy for you. I feel like you're in a peaceful place. So I'm happy for I you. Really, I'm I'm just, you know what? There's so much to be grateful for. There really is. And um you know, I feel like if I live a life of gratitude, I've got nothing to complain about. Hey Amen. I heard that. Well, where were you when and what were you doing when you got the news um, that Dallas wasn't going to be coming back to Bravo in 2022? Um, I was sitting right here at my desk working away, uh, doing some business online and, and setting some stuff up. And um, I got a phone call and someone said, hey, listen, this is a rumor. And I was like, well, I, you know, rumors to me don't mean much unless I hear them firsthand. And then sadly, my husband's in his office and I hear him say, yes, I can fly out Thursday. 
we can shoot Thursday night and Friday and then I'll fly back Saturday for his new TV show. So, you know, I put that out there and everybody was like, oh, Leanne, did you see she's celebrating? And I'm like, bitch, when, when E.T. and people and all them release it that it ain't coming back, then you know it ain't coming back. So, and, yeah, and besides, period. I really, I mean, the way that Bravo released it, it it's not that they're not coming back. They're going to do a Miami to them. And you know what? I think Dallas needs a beat. I agree. I think that we started not knowing what we were. And all of a sudden, I think when some people found out what we were, it became this competition, which I never looked at it like that. I looked at it as a show that I loved being a part of and sharing life and creating, you know, huge parties and character fantasy worlds and, and I, which I love, you know, I think if they take a beat and they take it back from all the competition and realize that the show is really here to entertain, that hopefully the, it'll come back to Peacock and it'll be a genuine show about life, laughter, love, heartache, about humanity, because that's what we all want to watch. So were you shocked at all? I really was. I really. I was kind of shocked too. Yeah. At the the way it came out, the way it came out more than anything. I will say this. Um, They were not, they had not started filming. They do what they do every year. They bring a skeleton crew or use the crew on the ground and do a test of the housewives they are looking at. They do a scene test and they put everybody on camera. So I'm sure that Lizzie shot with Deandra at her house or, or at one of Lizzie's house. And, that is the test that gets sent to the test group at Bravo that then determines if they're going to move forward. So nobody shot anything, you know, as far as like a part of an episode. So I was going to ask, but it seems you seem to think the same thing. You don't think it's gone forever. You think they're going to have a home in Peacock. That's kind of what I'm thinking too. I do, but I really think, here's the thing about it. I really think that some of the characters on the show need to take a beat, realize that. Real Housewives is about your life. Your life isn't about Real Housewives. Did you hear any reasons or do you have any guesses as to why the network maybe uh, decided to pull back? In my opinion, it was obviously the test shooting wasn't impressive. They weren't liking what the production company was bringing them. But what do you think? I think a few things I probably shouldn't say, but I think that the cast wasn't cohesive. And I think. I truly believe that the lack of cohesiveness from day one is the same thing that happened in Miami. Everybody fights all the time for top dog, not realizing just to be grateful for that damn paycheck. Because there's a few people on our cast who fake not needing that damn paycheck. (gasps) Like who? You bitch, you know, I ain't gonna have to say, I ain't saying, I ain't telling you (laughs) nothing you don't already know. Why don't you tell me? I love it. I love it. Um. Had you heard anything about the newbies that were coming on? Did you think they were going to be good matches? Lizzie and there were a couple other girls. Yeah. I felt like it was heavy loaded against Cam or Steph or Cam and Steph if they both came back. And what I love about New York is that they know how to fight. And then they know how to come back together. And they know how to laugh it off, legit, leave it and move on. You don't see them fighting this season about shit that happened six seasons ago or God worse in season one. And I think that it takes a really mature, intelligent woman to be able to do that. And I think 
that housewives really require a woman who not only has a tad bit of ego, like Andy always says, ego, you wouldn't be on TV if you didn't have some kind of an ego. Um, But the trick is to balance that ego with intelligence. And that requires emotional intelligence. And I think that the Dallas cast struggled with that. Interesting. Um, Are you, are you and Deandra still on not in speaking terms? Who? (laughs) So also you said Rich is filming a new show. Can you talk about what is he doing? What's the, what's so the project? I'm, I'm, you know, I'm limited to what I can say, obviously, because the network has not released the show. But it's basically kind of like the real life X-Files. You know, my husband has uh, said this a million times, no matter how many times Brandy poo-pooed it. My husband has top secret clearance, and uh, which I'm also not supposed to say. But oops, sorry, honey. <laughs> so it's all about the CIA has now declassified a certain amount of files, and it's going to be covering... Uh, Aliens and shit like that. That's so fucking cool. I love it. Wait till you see what this man, like, wait till you see what they, they've done that they never told us. I can't wait. Oh what my they God. kept alive for a few years. Oh, um, I did want to ask, you know, cause there are rumors that Travis was like the investor and like one of yeah. the, like an investor in goodbye and stuff. Is it weird to you that the moment they step away from the show that, they're taking a break from the network and all that stuff. Is that a coincidence to you? No. Interesting. <laughs> um, well, before we go, we're going to do what is our fun rapid fire housewives questions game. We're going to put 60 seconds on the clock and we're going to get through as many of these somewhat sweet, but mostly shady questions as we can. Are you? Uh, you are so good at shade. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I try. All right. Here we go. If you were going to go on a housewives all-stars trip with any housewife, not on Dallas, who would it be? Tamara Judge, Vicky, Erica, Lisa Renna, Sonia, Luann, Margaret. A lot of good ones. A lot of good ones. Uh, most unfriendly housewife you've ever met from any city. Any city? Any There's city. I'm not letting you get off with this one. Ah! Melissa, Melissa, Melissa was not very, like, I know. I know. Oh! Teresa was more friendly than Melissa. Well, I've always heard that. Um, housewife that's most different off camera than on your city or not your city. Shit, everyone on my city plus Sonia. I think Sonia is has more of a character on camera because I watch her on camera. She's smart and she's kind and she's funny. And you know, for me, the thing of you know, you've sat down in front of my face and talked to me. And you know me. I don't skate on ice. I don't do surface bullshit. I drop down. You get dirty with me. We get to know each other real quick. And then that's where we stay. And with Sonia, just kindness that you don't see her. They don't allow her to display on camera. She's really one of the nicest, kindest humans on the planet. And she gets more shit. And I'm going to say this because I was in the damn car on Pride, World Pride. Fucking it was not Sonia who was digging in Sonia's ass all damn day. And I've got Sonia's back on that one. That was some bullshit. Really? Oh, yes. Wow. Well, one more question. If you saw Andy Cohen right now, what would you say to him? Hey, dude, what's up? Good. I love that. Okay. Well, before we go, in honor of the namesake of my podcast, I would love to get your best rendition of the iconic line that Kim Richards threw towards Brandy Glanville. You are a slut pig. God, I've never seen her throw that line. Okay, we're going to need you to go back and watch. I'll can send you I, a Hulu link. Can I reenact the one where uh, where Portia grabbed Kenya and dragged her off stage and Andy was literally like this? 
no, stop. He's like, no, 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 stop. The best part after was Portia's reaction. She's like, I can't believe I did that. Oh, I, well, <laughs> but you know, and that's, that's the thing I think people don't think about. You know, in that moment when you are just fucking lit, I mean, your amygdala is lit. You black out and you automatically go into self-defense mode and you don't remember it. I remember fighting with the producer when she was like, well, right now we end with you saying I'm, I'm exhausted. Da, da, da. And I was like, you are a fucking liar. I did never said that. That is some bullshit. I never said it. You're making that shit up. And then I saw it and I was like, fuck, I said it. All right. <laughs> you know? And that's why I think the audience needs to remember when housewives are like, I don't remember saying that we shoot long hours. You go back and tell me what your third question was on your first grade, first test in your life. And then you can bitch somebody out for not remembering some shit. But give it up, people. How many times you go to the grocery store? You don't remember your own damn list if you don't write it down. <laughs> All right, Leah. Well, tell everybody uh, where they can find you. And if you have, um, and we already heard about Rich's upcoming project. But if you have any events or anything that people can help out at soon, let us know. I will. I will. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I try and participate mostly on Instagram, but I visit the others infrequently. And I'm getting ready to go to Greece. I'm going to Lefkada, Greece on Tuesday. So follow along in my stories because we might be giving a trip away. Oh, fun. And I do, I do have about three TV shows in the works, but I'm not going to grace them with conversation because, you know, you put the cart before the horse and you ain't going to get nothing but a pile of horse shit. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, Leanne, thank you so much for joining me. Sending you my love and we'll, we'll see you later. Okay. Bye baby. Before we wrap up this week, there was one other thing that I wanted to talk about and it is the rumors that real housewives all-stars season two will be filming at not a tropical location. Instead, fucking Massachusetts at Dorinda's house, Bluestone Manor. Okay. Listen, I get that. It appears to be like a cute, fun spot, but we have seen this spot on a show 50 fucking times. Um, I think it's cute. I think it's fun. But like, why is Dorinda hosting them? Are they testing a spinoff for her to like host people at Bluestone Manor? Like season one of Housewives All-Stars, which we've yet to see a trailer or any fucking thing for it, mind you, is like, we haven't seen anything for that. And they were in Turks and Caicos in this like luxury villa. And instead, the season two people are going somewhere that's on Airbnb now that you can get for $100 a night. So if I was them, if I were Vicky, if I were Phaedra, if I were Brandy, I would be like, y'all can hold my contract till season three when y'all want to pay to put me on a private plane to all these places like you did the cast of season one. I will say this. I posted about the rumors that, you know, they were going to be filming at Bluestone Manor and that I didn't like it. And there was a Bravo producer who responded to my story and said, you can't please everybody. And I took that as it's fucking true. And they told me to get over it. Okay. So look, I'm happy. I'll take what I can get. I think it's going to be a great season or great, you know, a few episodes. Obviously the cast is fucking phenomenal. I just think it would have been a little more fun to go somewhere that maybe we hadn't seen before, maybe somewhere out of the country. Yeah, that's just me. So, but I will still be watching. Y'all already know. I'm going to be riding all the way up into that fucking premiere in my little family van saying, woohoo! Uh. 
All right, everybody, that is all for this week's episode. I want to give a special thank you to my guests, haters, and Leon Locken for joining me to talk about all the tea that we have been distracted with this week. I hope you all have a wonderful weekend, and I will see you right back here next week. Okay, don't do anything that I wouldn't do, which means you're free to go be a hoe. One more thing for you to remember, if you want to connect with other people who are just as passionate about pop culture and television as you, go to thedip.com. That's the dip with two P's, D-I-P-P.com, and use code SLUTPIG for 20% off of your membership. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.